Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. We thank you so much for joining us. Been a little bit of a break since the last time we've recorded. It's great to be back. Seems like months, man. It just it, feels it does. like months. It does. It feels like a long time since we have been in the downstairs athletic club. Dad joke. We, we haven't recorded since last year. No, we have not. Good one. Yeah, I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> so... We almost got delayed again because well, we kind of my did. podcast part. We did get we were going to record yesterday, so I had a little incident yeah. on Thursday. Um, I only know the basics. You so, hurt yourself. Yeah, I hurt myself. I, I sprained my ankle. Um, so I I was so excited for that Indiana Tennessee game. Like I was prepping for it the whole day leading up. I had a pot of chili going in the crock pot. I wanted to get a quick workout in, so I go to the gym. And I was going to be back in plenty of time to sit down like 15 minutes ahead of the game, have a bowl of chili, and then start watching the game. Okay. So I'm doing this workout, and I'm carrying weight, and I'm stepping up and down on a box, and I just roll my ankle, and I go down like a ton of bricks with weight in my hand. I don't even know what happened to the weight. How much – what was the weight you were carrying? Oh, it was only 35 pounds. It was but a still. Ke- kettlebell. Right. So, I mean, just like instant – down on the ground, right? And I let out the primal scream like that. <laughs> and so the whole gym <laughs> sees this. So I'm I'm that idiot on the ground, right? And I have to say, I think it was the most painful injury I've ever had. Really? I've rolled my... I don't mean to laugh, but I shit. sprained my other ankle pretty bad, but this one hurt way worse. It was out of socket. And Are we it, talking high ankle, low ankle? I guess you'd call it low ankle. Okay. Um but my foot was out of the socket. Shut the front door. Yeah. And then it flopped back in on its own, which is the weird feeling. And so I'm laying there on the ground in absolute agony. Like, I'm like moaning and writhing. As you're s- laying on the ground, do you think your foot's out or did it pop right back It in? No, it took like five or ten seconds probably. I knew, I knew something didn't feel right. I, I did figure it was out. And then it was just so weird. It like just snaked back in and popped in. Um, so there's two guys by me and they, they come over and they're like helping me out. And I am just in agony, man. Like can't sit still. It's so much pain. It's the most pain I think I've ever had. And like, I've always, I never understood how people faint. I get it now. Like I was like kind of in shock and like, I was super lightheaded and I was like seeing stars and like. I, I said to the two guys, I'm like, is it okay that I'm kind of laughing? Yeah, no, it's fine now, but We're guys, it, right? it wasn't funny on Thursday. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> so anyway, I'm like, okay, get, stand me up. I need to stand up. And they stood me up. They sat me down in the box and I'm just sitting there like I can't even sit up straight. I'm so lightheaded. And I'm like, put me back down on the ground. Yeah. So I went back down on the ground. I, you know, it was my right ankle, so I couldn't drive my car. So sure. this Gas poor bells. guy that I've never met, he drove me to my house and dropped me off. And like I had my arm around, he was like, yeah. So then I had to go to the ER. So meanwhile, you know, all I want to do is sit and watch the IU Tennessee game. So I spent the whole game in the freaking ER and didn't get to watch it. That sucks. Oh, man. And so Doc comes in. He's like, hey, great news. Nothing's broken. It's just a sprain. He looks at my ankle and it's like a balloon. And he goes, a really, really bad sprain. So it's like one to three months recovery. So with a sprain... There, I mean, when we think of sprain, we just think of 
So it hurts, but it's not broke. But like it's a sprain, the, it's it, the common word for torn ligament. That's what I was gonna say. It's a torn ligament. It's torn ligament, but so. not all the way torn because your ligaments. No. Have, your ligaments is like tension wire. That's what popped your foot back Correct. in. It, it it pulls it in. And I even asked him that. I'm like, is this a like a surgery type situation? He goes, it's highly unlikely. It's really rare that you tear the whole tendon all the way through. It's probably they're torn. There's like three main tendons there. He said they're torn probably, but it's the, they're not torn all the way through. But we're not like he doesn't. You can't find that out yet because they couldn't do just general diagnosis because there was so much pain. Like there's certain movements and they can tell like what's injured, and like they couldn't even touch it. It was it was so painful. Just cut it off, doc. Cut it off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I sat, I laid in bed all day Friday with my foot in the air, ice pack on it. It, it was I was in agony like the first day, the second day, and then. Saturday, yesterday, I started feeling better. A little bit better. Yeah. So have you been doing the rice? Been ricing, baby. Yeah. Lots of rice. I love rice. Is that still a thing? It's still a thing. Okay. I didn't know if that Rest, was like... Rest, ice, compression, elevation. Okay. You've so been I got, doing all that. Got a nice splint on. I've got a pair of crutches, but I'm I'm starting to able to get around without the crutches, so... Nice. Yeah, good news. But, man, I was so looking forward to that game. Yeah. I was just going to say... You might be the only Big Ten fan that had a more, more painful Thursday night than Hoosier fans. Yeah, that's probably out. true. <laughs> we'll get into the game. I mean, but. maybe the Clemson-Ohio State game, but I was looking more forward to the IU game than the Illinois game because I just didn't think Illinois had a chance. Right. I, I was really excited for that game. I was so bummed. So I, thank God for ESPN Gamecast. They do some good things, you know, at ESPN. The, letter, yeah. the Gamecast on your phone. So, so I was, you got I, some. I got to track the game as that's I was good. at the Okay. Well, so hey, that was my incident. We're happy to have you with us, buddy. Thought thought we're gonna lose you there for a while. Oh. There, and I was getting text messages <laughs> from you. So, yeah, I I mean it was it was intense, man. Yeah, I mean I've had surgery on both shoulders, impingements on both shoulders. I blew up my other ankle. I've had all kinds of injuries. I don't think I have had anything like this. Yeah, broken hand, broken finger. The only time I think I almost uh, passed out from extreme pain. Or lightheadedness, kind of like you're describing, was actually a, a toothache. That's the really that's, that's the that's the worst I've ever felt. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it, it took five minutes for me to get my wits back. Whew. I just kept saying to the guy who's sitting next to me, I'm like, I I just I, I I'm so lightheaded, it's not going away. <laughs> and like you know, like you're kind of seeing the starburst kind of things going on, like the you're seeing spots, you know. Right. Oh my god. I suppose any female listeners that have uh, gone through childbirth right now are. They're, they're probably laughing at you a little nah, bit. Nah, this is worse than childbirth. <laughs> I'm pretty sure of it. Well, we're glad you could uh, fight through. So we're going to do some uh, housekeeping items. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go into a little bowl prep conversation. Then we're going to go through all of the bowls. We got nine of them. And then naturally, that's going to lead into a an open top, forum an discussion open forum topic about at the end of this podcast. Officiating. Okay. So housekeeping. Housekeeping. All right, so let's start with declaring for the NFL draft. Pretty big list here. Michigan wide receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones, Ohio State defensive end Chase Young, Wisconsin running back Jonathan Taylor, Penn State wide receiver wide receiver K.J. Hamler, Ohio State running back J.K. Dobbins, and Michigan State defensive back Josiah Scott. That's a long list right there. I don't see any of those guys not being successful. No, those that that's a pretty good collection yeah. of human beings right there. And this um, is a good thing for um, for fans of the middle to lower tier. Yeah, uh, yep, I understand what teams you're because it's one of those things that can kind of even the playing field a little bit. A little bit. Um, 
the I, I will uh, uh, miss J.K. Dobbins. That was my. I, I that was your guy. Didn't I know. think he would stay, but you know, you know, I'm sure Ohio State fans are the same way. You, you hold out hope, maybe he would stay, but I'll miss watching him play. He's your WAP failure. Yeah, he's yes, correct. Um, I I did think maybe the human joystick KJ Hamler would would think about uh, staying. Why? Because I think Penn State will have a very good chance to do great things next year on mm-hmm. top of this being a very stacked wide receiver class. You know, that's so, a good point. So maybe it would have talked him into coming back. And there's been a couple other Penn State guys that have stayed. So I thought maybe there mm-hmm. was that whole let's stay and do this, you know, thing going on. But and obviously he's got the athleticism, but he is a little bit slight. So you'd think maybe that's going to uh, count against him. Yep. Um, Wisconsin, JT, Jonathan yeah. Taylor. I mean, you'd be crazy not to declare at this point. The only thought process I had with that, and this is something I saw, I've saw, i seen very scarce on Twitter because Wisconsin fans are scarce on Twitter for, for whatever reason, but if he did come back, he would finish his college career as the greatest running back of all time, as, at least as far you know, as yardage he's, production or he's whatever. He's not getting injured. <laughs> right? We know that. And, he was, and he's going to get 2,000 so yards another rushing. 2,000 Like, yards. he would have crushed everything had he come back. That was my one thought. I, I wonder if that was a consideration at all. I think he thought of it for a half a second and said, right. I'm going to go grab those millions. Yeah. Think about how, how many miles he's got on him as a running back already. Well, certainly, the, that's a great point. I yeah. mean, I mean, that does, they start counting that against you, I believe, Absolutely. for NFL teams and yeah. scouts. And certainly it's up there with the, what more can I do and prove as far as sure. being a complete, there's nothing more he yeah, can do. Exactly. Um, and then AJ Epinesa still has not, Declared, uh, Worfs still has Worfs, not. Dec- yeah, that's they're not, going, but uh, I'm just surprised. I don't know what's taking them so long. They here. they have to be going, right? I'm. They're gone. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So so maybe next podcast. Okay, transfer portal news. Yeah. Northwestern wide receiver Bennett Skoranek is headed to Notre Dame. I'm interesting. We uh, talked about it on this podcast on a previous podcast when we uh, listed out that he was leaving. Is this the type of receiver that would get? A scholarship offer land in a power five, you know, higher up team. We got our answer. We did. <laughs> he's at Notre I, Dame. And I think I said, no, he's not going to go, not going to transfer up, probably. He's probably going to be more of a lateral move, I thought. And he transferred up. Transferred up. Big transferred time. way up. So Nebraska or uh, Northwestern fans have been pretty classy from what I've seen on yeah. Twitter. They've just wished him luck. But deep down inside, that stings. Oh, like it hurts. A mofo. That's, that's not just an open wound. That's, that's rubbing a little Tabasco sauce in there. But for Bennett, you can't blame him. You know, we've got the transfer portal. It's easier to transfer now. The guy's graduate. He's eligible immediately. Why wouldn't you go somewhere with a, you know, a competent passing game, good quarterback? You know you're going to get more touches. He wasn't going to get a whole lot right. next year. So and then uh, friends of the podcast, Chip and Bip, a little, little warfare there. Going from one oh, that's going right. from Northwestern yes, that's to Notre right. Dame. I, yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's funny. Okay, Ohio State defensive back Brendan White transferring to Rutgers. Little big on big crime right there. He was a composite uh, four star on twenty four seven, the number three athlete in the country. So potential big pickup there for Rutgers. Little, little Shiano effect there again. Yeah, we'll get to that when yeah. we get to our recruiting episode, okay. which we'll, is coming up. Next one. Um, yep. All right, hiring news. Yeah. Rutgers hires Sean Gleason as offensive coordinator. Takes him from Oklahoma State, which is a big steal. What do you think of that? What? Wonder what's going on in Stillwater. I mean, I think it just always feels like 
the next year could be the last year, not because he's getting forced out, but just because he doesn't, he doesn't want to be there anymore. Well, he doesn't get along with the administration. Right. I guess he doesn't get along with T Boone. Is T Boone still alive? I don't know. I think that's T-Boon, a good question. Did he pass? Has expired. Okay. I could be wrong, but I thought I read that somewhere. All right, maybe. It's but not, it, do I? I can be stupid when it's outside the Big Ten. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Right. Yeah. I hope Big Twelve people listen. To this he's, he's dead, dead for twenty years. <laughs> Um, okay, so he was at OSU for just one year, but he was at Princeton before that. They had the number one scoring offense in FCS his wow. last year at Princeton in okay. 2018. All right. So pr- pretty good hire there. Minnesota offensive coordinator. We talked about Kirk Soraka, I believe, leaving to Penn State. Did we mentioned that already on another cast. I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, so he, he is moving from Minnesota over to Penn State. Did not coach in the bowl game. So Minnesota, in, in turn, hired Mike Sanford former Western Kentucky head coach is their offensive coordinator. He spent the last year as OC at Utah State. Also was OC at Notre Dame from 2015 to 2016. So that's a pretty good hire. Right? Yeah, I think so. So a couple things. Um, yeah, I think a lot of Gopher fans thought they were going to uh, lose their young and up-and-coming play caller. Uh, Matt Simon yeah. was the one who called the plays in the bowl game. Did a great job. Did a great job. We'll obviously get into that. So in this way... Um, the way uh, PJ is selling it is that this is going to be a collaborative effort between the two yep. coordinators, and he thinks Simon could learn a thing or two by having a more seasoned play caller. You, you would hope as a Gopher fan that Simon sees it that way because that means there would be a little bit more longevity in the, with the uh, staff because PJ's losing dudes. Like People take well, off, seems like. Well, pretty- which is kind of. It's kind of a good thing. It means you're doing something right. Correct. You know, Probably. so usually it is. And I, I, I think this is a good hire. Um, I don't expect them to take a big step back. No, I don't losing either. Soraka, even though he's a very good offensive yeah. mind, I think Sanford is as well. well right. Another thing to point out too is just uh, Penn State. Real quick. I mean, maybe this will be more on the off season, but uh, James Franklin loses Joe Moorhead. Yeah. Right. Gets in uh, Ricky Ronnie. Ricky right. Ronnie leaves. Yeah. Okay. Brings in Kurt Traka. The offenses have improved. I mean, they've looked. They looked. There was a lot of numbers that looked better for Penn State as compared to the Joe Moorhead years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Joe Moorhead just got dumped at Mississippi yeah. State. He's probably um, happy about that. I uh, probably assume, a right? blessing in disguise. There's right. been weird things going on. A teammate got punched. Um, there was he, he tweeted out a picture of himself with his eye completely close shut and it's rumored oh. to be from a teammate so i didn't know that mm-hmm. that's something that's out some there wisconsin just, 2018 action right there right <laughs> some hornybrook <laughs> stuff going on there um but uh and then you know let in this year james franklin wins 11 games wins a you know bcs bowl i don't it just sure seems like james franklin gets crapped on a lot as far as just the you know his overall abilities as a head coach a little bit he seems to still be moving things forward, even with all the like people that have left him aren't doing as good. Whereas I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Another thing I want to point out because I had it written down in my notes, forgot to do it. I knew you were going to talk about J.K. Dobbins and um, Jonathan Taylor as going sure. pro. Did you see what they what for their final stats? No, 
They both finished. You mean exactly, the, for the season? Yeah, for the okay. season plus the Bulls. Okay. They both finished with exactly 2,003 yards rushing. Both of them? Both of them. No kidding. Exactly the same rushing total. Both 21 rushing touchdowns. So wow. Much the exact same. Uh, the, Jonathan Taylor did it on 320 carries. J.K. Dobbins did it on 301. Wow. That's similar. pretty damn close. Isn't that nuts? That's amazing. I, I, that was I did not cool. know that. Yep. Okay, one more hire. Purdue hires Bobby Diaco. As defensive coordinator. And the my favorite part about Bobby Diaco is that when you type his name on an iPhone, the autocorrect changes it to Disco. Bobby Disco. Every time. Every and, time. And our, and, our, and our boy Dustin Shooty got caught up <laughs> he with got that caught. on Twitter. He got caught doing it. So he was the 2012 Broyles Award winner at Notre Dame for the best assistant. I, I didn't check into this. I saw someone tweet, though, that that season, until they played Alabama, they had not played a top 40 offense. Mm, interesting. Which makes it hard to think you could win a Broyles Award, but you're at Notre Dame. I don't know. UConn head coach 2014 to 16, Nebraska de- defensive coordinator in 2017. Oklahoma at, at Oklahoma last year, 20, or 2018, did not have a good defense. No. Um, although Louisiana Tech this year, they shut out Miami in their bowl game. So uh, thoughts on Bobby Diaco? <laughs> so Bobby D. Was a grad assistant at Iowa. Oh, my freshman right? year when I was there. Um, I, the two things that pop out the most is I remember this is actually pretty funny, but um, we had when you, right when you get to Iowa, you get uh, as a freshman, as a true freshman. There's there's freshman only camp for like three days to get you acclimated. They want to try to get you up to speed a little bit. Then in come the upperclassmen and the real practice starts. Um, so I was actually started off as a, as a running back and um, I did pretty good in the freshman camp uh-huh. and I was pretty physical runner. So one of the first like kind of pads are on, I ran up in the hole. Like I was gonna, you know, I was gonna bust somebody up uh-huh. <laughs> and Vernon Rollins. I don't know if you remember him at all. Uh, no gigantic middle linebacker came off his block and, cleaned me <laughs> up like i can still remember when i was walking back to the huddle like i thought i thought my spine got real like it was the hardest i ever got probably hit. did and i was i was like oh, i was walking oh, back yeah. bobby diaco is running the scout team offense and he goes and he's east coast right yeah but they never hit you like that on the farm, did they, farm boy? <laughs> he, he called you farm boy? That, that's what he called me. Oh, my God. That's funny. He, okay, do you know the scene in Rocky IV? Okay. Rocky IV, that's when he fought the Russian. Yeah, I've seen it. When he ran up all the way to the top of the mountain. Yeah, sure. Okay. And he's got, like, the brown leather the, coat. The bomber jacket with, yep. like, the, the, the fuzzy yes. collar. Yeah. Yep. And then you got the old 1940s style. Sure. Like, the newsboy cap? Newsboy. Yeah. Thank you. That's what he wore to practice. Uh, the newsboy cap and the bomber jacket? And the bomber jacket. Did he wear the black jeans? Because wasn't Rocky wearing like black jeans or they something? They were like, like, like boots? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. That's how I picture it in my head. That's what, I mean, most coaches, you know, dress in gear for their team. Usually team gear, yeah, typically. Not, not Bobby D. Wow. Um, he was a different cat is the point I am trying to make. Um, and it, I mean, that was the only year I believe that he was GA at Iowa. I just don't remember him the next year. I switched the defense. I might make a difference. But the other thing I'd like to point out is a coach that was right along with him for a lot of his career was Bobby Elliott. God rest his soul. uh, The son of bump Bump Elliott. Elliott. 
he was Iowa's defensive coordinator when I was there uh, for most of the time uh, during the Friars. Excellent defensive coordinator was actually my okay. older brother's uh, defensive back coach at Iowa. Um, I think when Coach Elliott passed, so did Bobby Diaco's career because those two went to a lot of spots. Is together. that right? They were both at Notre Dame. Okay. And it's just my personal opinion that getting Bobby Diaco by himself, not the best hire you could possibly have. Well, I think uh, Nebraska fans would agree with that. The strain. Yeah. Do you feel the strain? Is that what he said? Do you, so you don't remember that? No, I don't remember that. <laughs> so there's another thing I remember is I think th- this was before we started the podcast, but uh, they do the camp tours, you know, every year. Mm-hmm. So this was 2017. I remember they interviewed the Nebraska defender. I can't remember who it was. And they asked him, what do you think about your new defensive coordinator? And he just, <laughs> he just kind of like paused and he's like, <laughs> okay, yeah, he's uh, got a lot of unique, you know, oh, takes. Like it was so obvious. I remember watching him like he can't stand him, oh, you wow. know, like there you could tell. Sure. And then, because there's such an open conduit of information inside the Nebraska football program to the media. I mean, it's it's way higher than it is in most places. Sure. So now Bobby Diaco is new into this position. Sadly, Bobby Elliott passed away that spring, I believe, mm. or maybe it was that summer before fall camp. I think we all know how the tenure ended for Riley and how yeah. it went for so it was somewhere during the middle of the season, whatever, and the you know, Bobby Diaco is getting you know, ask the question like, what's wrong with the defense? What are you seeing? And he's just like, do you see the strain? The strain? Do you, do you see the strain? What the hell did he mean by that? And then what was the what was the quote? It, it would be unrealistically realistic, I think is what he oh, said. Boy. Or something like that. Nebraska fans will know what it is. I can't think of it. But he just, he was struggling, man. That's boy, I don't remember that. To it. Um, I can say I'm excited about this hire for two reasons. Because Purdue's in the West, and <laughs> Illinois plays them every year. And I'm excited to just be able to listen to his interviews. I don't know, like how, his much I don't know how much he'll get interviewed, but um, I it'll be interesting to see how it goes because of all the things you're saying. Purdue was definitely very, very interested in moving on from Nick Holt. That's that's sure. a fact. So to them, but I do think... You, do you think this is a step up from Holt? <laughs> I mean, it remains to be seen. He's got, he brings a lot of experience. He does. I mean, you him. look at his resume, he's got a, a, a lot of experience. He's got a solid resume, right? And the other thing, too, is... You know, for the defense that he runs, it's it's more of a three four. You you got to have a in any three four. I mean the the three D down linemen you need to have to be able to get some rushing uh, uh, out of your uh, defensive end. I think they got that in Karlafkas. But that's the true. Next step up with all the linebackers that you're going to need. Yeah, don't know. or maybe they'll go to a four three. Maybe he's adapted to that. It'll be interesting to Boy. see. I don't think we know that yet. But yeah. It- so that concludes housekeeping. Okay. All right. So um, before we get into the bulls, I don't know, just a, just a little bit of a conversation because we won't be talking about bulls moving forward until this time uh, next year. Uh, so the big 10 finishes four and five overall in the bulls. Um, the big 10 West goes two and two. The big 10 East goes two and three, um, one, one versus the ACC one and oh versus the American. Then the big kind of ones that you, you uh, compare yourself to one, two versus the PAC 12 and one and two versus the SEC. The PAC 12 actually had a little bit better, uh, uh, bull record this year. Um, 
So not great. No, but and not, I just not think horrible. of I just think of missed opportunities because it should 100%. have been so much better. Um, you know, we we'll get to the games, but you know, Indiana should have won, Wisconsin should have won, Ohio State should have won. There you go. Those three teams, it would have looked a lot better. Even if you just flipped Indiana, uh, the Big Ten would have been five and four in bowls and two and one versus the SEC. Right yep. there, it was pretty close. So okay, if those three teams that should have won won, that means there would have only been two losses. It would have been Illinois and Michigan. The two most underachieving programs in the Big Ten. Well, certainly for in bowl games with Michigan, uh, which again we'll get into. But um, so long story short, a uh, lot of close games, right? That you yeah. just pointed out. How about this? Uh, last four bowl seasons, okay? Good, good swath of time, right there. Sure. The big is sixteen and eleven. Okay. The SEC is eighteen and twelve. Okay. Pretty much the same. Pretty similar. Uh, the ACC. 17 and 14. Oh, no kidding. A little surprising there. Wouldn't have guessed that. Uh, The ACC gets a little bit more favorable matchups. And then the Big 12, 10 and 11. Hmm. And then the Pac-12 still sucking hind teat at 8 and 15 right there. Wow. Point I'm trying to make is those are are bunched together pretty evenly. Yeah. Yeah. I would would say so. Um, Just completely different thing, too. If you ever get bored sometimes, I went down a little rabbit hole. Just start looking up coaches on Wikipedia and look up their bowl record. Okay. It's almost always around 500. Yeah. I mean, it's almost always right around 500 for coaches. Unless you're Kyle Whittingham. I literally have two exceptions right okay. down here. Kyle Whittingham and Urban Meyer's bowl record. Urban Meyer, okay. Absolutely yeah. off the charts. But So, a um, little fun exercise then. Another, another rabbit hole I went down real quick. Uh, do we not hear about how much from SEC fans... That the S that their SEC team, whoever it is, Florida, freaking Tennessee, uh, for, I've heard it from South Carolina, right? Okay. That they would they would dominate the Big Ten. Sure, you hear were. it all the time. Okay. Yeah. Um, or we just hear from the media, certainly the four letter network, Absolutely. the gauntlet. You know how hard the SEC gauntlet right. is, yeah. week for week. Okay. So the SEC played in nine bowl games. So I'm just just looking at this this season. Went okay. through. And I totaled up all the point totals for SEC versus, obviously, their opponents outside the SEC. So it came out to the average score of 31 to 24. Okay. So they won their bowl games by an average of... By an average of Minnesota to to Auburn. Right. 31-24. Okay. Um, So in the SEC for the last 10 years, essentially it's been... Alabama, and then one other team, right? Georgia, uh, uh, lately, uh, LSU LSU this year, obviously. So there's the the top teams in the SEC, even if they get a loss, especially, obviously, in the case of LSU this year, if they go undefeated, that's why they they have to have the number one spot because of, quote-unquote, the gauntlet, right? So let's take, for this exercise, LSU and Alabama out. Okay. Of the because we all know LSU dismantled an overmatched Oklahoma yeah. team in this game. Boy, did they ever! Right. Uh, so if you take those two teams out and then remain take the remaining seven uh, SEC teams, twenty-eight to twenty-seven. That's how close okay. the average was. In wow! Those no bowls. kidding. So the point I'm trying to make is, wouldn't you think? Oh wow! That is the gauntlet that the SEC provides would dominate the teams and their bowls by at least a touchdown you think or, so. or 
10 points. Wow. One point. That's good work right there. Thank you. I like that. Much. I thought maybe you'd like that. So. I do. Point I'm trying to make is anybody that says their conference is hands down better than the other conference is, is stupid. Okay. I'm not saying the SEC is hands down worse than the Big Ten. No. What I'm saying is quit acting like your conference has superiority. It's so much better. They're very, right. very close. Yeah. I mean, I think you can. Probably you can tier the conferences, Big Ten and SEC. I think you can probably say are better than the other ones. Right. But then, you know, ACC is probably the bottom. And then Pac-12 and Big 12 are probably pretty similar. Okay. Um, and then with that being said, the whenever we hear – when you use these type of stats on SEC folk, they're just pointing to the champions, right? Yeah. So what happens if Clemson wins? This this upcoming game that then be the ACC out of is the, the best conference, right? Yeah, you could it's use that be. same argument against them, that's right. right? Yeah, but you're not because that's stupid. Because sure. we know that the ACC isn't better. But anyways, okay, ready to go? Some yeah, games? let's get into some games. All right, so we had nine teams in bowl games. Um, we are nine days actually recording this from the last from some of these bowl games being uh played so we apologize for the uh delay but here we go so first up was friday december 27th right out of the gate the pinstripe bowl michigan state 27 wake forest 21 the uh, sparty had 497 yards i never get to use this term for sparty a robust yes 497 yards of offense for sparty to the 351 for the demon deacons they out Claw fenced the claw fence. They sure did. They ran more plays than the claw fence did. I mean, they, it's, you know, they should have beat them worse well, they, than they did. They should have beat them quite a bit worse. And you think they also had that pick six, which was really the difference in the game. Otherwise, they probably would have lost. But you look down the stats and it looks like just a dominating win. They had way more first downs, way more yards, way more passing yards, about the same rushing yards, uh, time of possession. I actually got to listen to this game. On the radio instead okay. of watching it, which is a forgotten oh, pleasure. No. Uh, timing out trips, uh, like if I'm like if if uh, if I was playing a late game, sure. If you take off early and you catch uh, the second, you know, the first half of a game driving down, love it. Yeah, love I it. mean, it was awesome. I yeah. it, it broke up my drive from from Chicago to Minneapolis, made it pass by so quick. Uh, Cody White, great game, huh? Big game, boy. That dude. As soon as Daryl Stewart went down. That guy just stepped right up in his place. And you always knew he was a good receiver. Right. He just needed more balls thrown his way, I guess. Yeah, he just wasn't getting the opportunities with Daryl Stewart. Because Daryl Stewart was having an amazing year early on before yep. he got injured. Yep. And it was good to see uh, Jalen Naylor come back, too, and have a have a good game. Another good 96 yards rushing by Elijah Collins. Lewerke, 26 of 37, 320 yards, one pick. One touchdown, and with those stats, he passed Connor Cook for all-time total offense. No kidding, Michigan State. He also had 46 yards rushing. Good game by Lorkey. This is what we were kind of. I mean, only one touchdown. Did have that turnover, but this is kind of what we were hoping for all year, and he showed up big time for this game. Yeah, showed up in enough time to get the bull win. Um, you know, Wake for what, what? What would we put Michigan State at ranked as far as you know, uh, rank and file for Big Ten this year going into the bowl games? Where would we put Michigan State? Michigan State seventh. You mean eight? In power the ranking power in the rankings? Yeah, yeah I guess probably eight. Okay, somewhere around there. Eight. Okay, if we're even being judicious, seven. Wake Forest maybe the 
third? Third, yeah. Best team in yeah, the Yeah, probably third. I would put Virginia in front of them. Uh, yes, put Virginia in front of them. So, okay, third. And there was no part in this game, at no point in this game, where I didn't think Michigan State was the better football team. Well, they certainly were the better football team. They looked, they're, from start to finish, they looked like it. I'm just surprised the score was as close as it was. Yeah, no, it shouldn't have been. Um, after the game or directly after Michigan State president, Samuel Stanley, that's a president name. Is yes. It? Samuel Stanley uh, gave Mark D'Antonio the vote of confidence after the game. It looks like our prediction of Mark D'Antonio being ousted is not going to come true. And again, I'm going to say as an Illini fan, I know they're in the East, but I'm pretty happy about that. Hmm. I'm feeling good about that. I don't think a lot of Michigan State fans I, are. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I, I think, you know, we've talked about this before, but. Everyone has a shelf life where where they are. Coaches at an institution, everyone has a shelf life. I just feel like his has passed. Now, Most people doesn't do. mean he hasn't done a great job. He's done a great job. I just think it's time to move on. This is like a perfect time to move on, or at least time to make a a splashy hire yeah. for offense. See and that that would be another we, thing. Don't that we have a a. Former Big Ten East I think there's one floating out around there, right a pretty well-proven one, not only in the Big Ten, but when he was at the S- in the SEC um, with, with Joe James Martin. Franklin. Yep. Joe Martin. Joe so, Moore, Joe, Joe, I, I, it would make too much sense, I guess. That's probably why it won't happen. That's right. Yep. That's exactly right. Yep. But if he, okay, if he did something like that, then I'd say, all right, I think I'm, yeah, I'm we'll still see. good with you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But. Michigan State fans deserve it to me. I, 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 I they should happen. We'll see. It, it, Joe Moorhead should happen. Joe Moorhead is the offensive coordinator at the very least. It needs to happen. We're gonna do off-season pods on each team to yep. do a recap. Maybe we'll have some news by the time we get there. So, with that being said, Michigan State finishes at seven and six, and they got the uh, Big Ten off to a one and zero start later that night on Friday, uh, in the Holiday Bowl, Iowa forty nine. USC mm. 24, the Hawks with 328 yards of total offense. The Trojans had 356. I'm surprised looking at the yardage. I mean, I know that SC had all that those passing yards, and they're playing from behind most of the game, but you, it just seemed like there was no point in this game when I felt like Iowa was really in danger. They just felt yeah, like they weird. were in control the whole game. So uh, kind of fun little story here. Um my some of my best friends, my wife's friends, and a couple of buddies are they're my friends now. They're not my wife's anymore. That's that's just how it goes. Uh, we have a yearly Christmas party. Six couples come over to the Greek house. And okay. We, we so cook this up, was that night. We cook up uh, some pretty pretty good short rib. It's okay. A pretty good recipe I found years ago. We set this date two months ago. Two months before, boy, I would have and, changed and, it. And I'm, and oh, you, yeah, I mean, it's tough around the holidays. I mean, it yeah, is that's what true. It is. So as it's coming down through the end of the season, I'm texting my buddies that are, you know, going to the party. I'm like, dude, I was gonna wind up at the holiday ball. It's the 27th, it's not the party. I, like, I, I, I yeah. can see it happen. Then boom, it all went down. So I made the decision. Well, hold on, let me ask you: Did you even look at the calendar when you scheduled it? Did you even bother? Yes. Okay. There was a lot of bulls around those times, you know, like. It felt like that was, and by the way, not every date is open. There was different dates that I looked at that I wanted that you just, yeah, you couldn't do it. Okay, so, but you, um, you knew the holiday bowl was on that day. I you did. said I'm going to schedule it and just. But roll we the couldn't dice. do it the next day. Sure. Yeah. yeah I get it. By the way, those are national championship games that day too, so that wasn't a good option. Sure. So, um, so tw- twice I've been successful at this. I'd like to say, 
And what I'm getting at is I went dark. I went dark. I, I you, you, you certainly did. I mean, I texted you. I don't know how many times during the game and you weren't replying. I didn't even care. I just kept texting away. So the first time I went dark, it was way easier to do this. But when I went down to the uh, 2000, it was actually a 2003 Orange Bowl okay. after the 2002 season. Sure. The next day after I was Orange Bowl, I flew back from South Florida. Ohio State played uh, uh, Miami that yeah. day. Sure. And I had it recorded on my VCR yeah, at course. the time because it was 2003. Um, and I got all the way through two airports, like purposely never looking. I don't know at, how you can do that. And it was before phones were smart. So yeah, I know, but easier. I would I would have I would have been so tempted to look at a TV screen never and did. I would have never did. I just I, I, I looked straight can't ahead. Can't do it. I would sit right in my go right to my seat and open up my book that I was reading. I remember and just and just shut, I shut out and okay. I was traveling alone, so nobody was talking to me. Got all the way back home and then I can't remember. The next day, I fired up the VCR and watched it. Essentially, you waited till live. the next day. I I can't remember to be honest. Okay, with you. wow. This one I remember specifically, which is shut my phone off, no Twitter, nothing. My phone was was face down the entire night. We had a great night. You know, got pretty drunk. You know, it's a it's a holiday party, and as it turns out, last year we went to like two thirty in the morning. People had to leave earlier. Okay, then all so everybody's gone all of a sudden by like twelve thirty, which is not too it's late. Not too late. And my kids were at uh, they were they were having a sleepover. Oh, nice. So I got to sleep in. Wife says, you know, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. I'm like, I'm watching. I want to watch this game. Absolutely. So I fired up, and I got to tell you. That was a unique way to watch the game. First of all, I was, you know, I was half bombed. I was half in the bag. And then just the fact that I'm not texting buddies the entire time. Are you fast time. forwarding in between plays? Def- def- uh, not during plays. I had I, I made a point to So you listen to the commentary, all yes, that. Okay. Like I want now I fast forward through the commercials and the halftime right away. So see, so I couldn't could, do that either. I would be fast forwarding, I would be too anxious knowing that it already happened. I'd just want to get yeah, to the end. Yeah. The other cool thing was I was smart enough in my you know, later years to not co- drink until because I got done with the, the game at like two thirty in the morning. I actually just drank water the entire time, so I woke up feeling great. Too, okay, because I yeah, was good. Yeah, it was a overall just a pleasant experience. Um, during the rewatch of the game, because that's what you do, right? I realized that I would did not tea kettle USC quite as much as I thought I know. they did. So that's pretty much. Okay, that that was my feeling too. Is yeah, they they pretty much handed it to him, but then you look at the stats and it doesn't doesn't really look that way. No, um, I tell you what, the whole game changed was by AJ Epinesa. So the first thing I want to say is Keaton Slovis, USC's quarterback, is good. He's awesome. That dude, that guy wasn't even that highly ranked of a prospect. He should be. He I know. is good. He stands tall in the pocket. He delivers. He's amazing. A good ball. He sees the field. On a play that he did see the field, and he was going downfield for what looked like probably was going to be a touchdown. AJ Epinesa beat the tackle, reached out, knocked the ball down. That was hurt, huge. Hurt the guys. Not only was it not a touchdown pass, not Keaton Slovis out of the game. Once Keaton Slovis was out, the team just absolutely. Oh folded. yeah, I mean, such a huge step down from him to former Illini for a day, Matt Fink. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that one. Right, I that do. was the guy That's that right. supposedly was transferring to Illinois, but yeah. he his dad kind of jumped the gun. Yeah. They hadn't That's right. They hadn't accepted him. I would, they were put still... Brandon, I would put Brandon Peters ahead of Mr. Fink. Absolutely, would be, would yeah. Would be my Huge step right down. There. So the the total passing numbers for both of them combined were 34-48 for 334, two touchdowns. 
and an interception, but that interception was Fink's. Yep. Slovis did not have an interception. He played a great game. And those receivers, oh, my God. I've only watched USC play twice, and that that's what I was afraid of in this game. Those receivers so going up I. against Iowa. I thought, so was I. And they got their yards. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but the difference to me in the game is 22 rushing yards for USC. 22 <laughs> rushing yards for uh, USC. So, I mean – USC doesn't have much of a rushing attack to begin with. No. They had nothing going nothing. against Iowa. Um, Nate Stanley finished 215 yards, two touchdowns, no pick, picks. He played a clean game. Tyler Goodson, another good game, 50 yards and a touchdown. But speaking of receivers, certainly give sure. USC their credit. Iowa's receivers look pretty good, especially Amir Smith-Marset, who absolutely has caught fire, I would say, this whole year, but especially towards the end of the year. He had over 200 yards of total offense, if you count kickoff Mm -hmm. returns, because he had a kickoff return for a touchdown. He ran for a touchdown, he caught a touchdown, and he was about a half yard away from throwing a touchdown to Brandon Smith, who was back and also looked good. Nico Regani had catches. Uh, 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 Tight end uh, looked good. I mean... There, there was a lot of young talent showing out for the Hawkeyes on national TV that night. So speaking of talent, yes, yeah, Slovis is really good, and their receivers are really good, but so is Smith-Marset, right? Yep. I didn't see a big difference in talent. S- speed, neither did I. No. Now, there would have been a difference in that just a year, certainly two years sure. ago, but you have got to give the Iowa staff credit, and Brian Ferentz is a part of this for – Making wide receivers and playmakers on the edge more of a premium. Yeah, and I appreciate you saying that because that's what I saw, too. I mean, there was there was a lot of talent on the field yeah, on both sides. I agree. And I wonder what SC fans are saying right now. How, how, do, how do we lose to a, a team from the Midwest and not even look like the more dominant athletes? They're They've, definitely saying that. They must be just they, beside I think, themselves. I think they were going into this game because they can't stand their coach, Clay Hilton, so much. They were half rooting for Iowa to win. Yeah, I've been but, there. I've, I've been that person before. Right, right. <laughs> Um, but for the fact that it actually played out worse than that, which is yeah. I would look like the more or as athletic and just I think be- so better coached. I mean, it it uh, it crushed them. Um, Nate Stanley, just like to say. So he finishes three and oh in bowl. That's right. So that's pretty cool for Nate Stanley. Not a lot of not a lot of quarterbacks finish their career going three and oh in the bulls. And uh, one of the coolest things was after the game, the uh, the big win, uh, Hayden Fry. Uh, by the way, ton of uh, comments on Twitter and direct messages from the last podcast when I talked about Hayden Fry. Compliment me, and I, I just want to tell everybody that means a, a ton to me. Thank you so much for reaching out and doing that. Uh, to uh, Hayden Fry, after the Rose Bowl, his favorite bowl game that Iowa went to a lot was the Holiday Bowl. He was 2-1 gotcha. and one in Holiday Bowls, or maybe it was 3-1 and one in Holiday Bowls. Um, so this was a huge game for Fry, Coach Fry. I think Coach Ferentz put a he, Big he emphasis his, on the yes, game. Sure. in this game. Uh, so they did the hokey pokey. So yeah, in I the read. Locker room a, I read about the game, that. So that was great. What is that all about? I don't. Uh, I don't know when about that came about, but at some point, Coach Fry in a big win, he was so excited. He's like, "Oh hell, we're gonna do the hokey pokey!" <laughs> really? So they started doing. We started doing the hokey pokey. Not after every win, but if it was a it was big, a big game win, that Coach Fry deemed hokey pokey. We did the hokey pokey. So. Wow! And you never got through, you got through like well, the sure. first two, and then of you course. just laugh and you slap ass because that's that's the way. It's so going. Iowa gets to ten wins. Yeah, ten and three on the year. Uh, shout out to not a lot of seniors on the team, but after they had, um, you know, lost their chance to get to Indianapolis, I, 
I think a lot of teams would fold and just say we didn't hit our goal to redirect their goals to get to 10 wins. I think it's pretty, pretty cool deal. All right. So that gets us into the cotton bowl that was played the next day, Saturday, December 28th. Uh, this was the day of the national championship games. This is a pretty good appetizer here. Penn state 53 Memphis 39 Nittany lions with 529 yards of total offense, but the Tigers have 542 yards of total offense. Yeah, pretty thrilling game. You know, fun game to watch. High scoring doesn't necessarily mean great game, but it was a pretty fun game to watch. Memphis wouldn't go away. I was impressed. They just kept hanging around. Yeah. Um, um, Penn State gave up their most points and their most yards. They did all year in this game. And, and I, I kept texting uh, my uh, Penn State insider, are you getting frustrated with this Penn State defense? Because I'm getting a little frustrated here. Like, I kept thinking they would just start getting into the backfield too much and just kind of overwhelm. But, but they did get into the backfield. And then and then uh, Memphis would just make plays. I know. Man. That quarterback is awesome. Brady White, 32 of 51, 454. 54 yards. But no, but no touchdowns. And two picks. How weird is that? It was one of the weird stat lines of probably the whole bowl And I don't season. know how you throw for that many yards. If you get sacked six times. Yeah. Because they were pressuring him, too. I mean, all the time. They were all over it. Was, that game was helter skelter. It was. It was crazy. Penn State only scored more points in two other games to Idaho and to Maryland. <laughs> so I'm not even sure those count. <laughs> You're right. So yeah. it just, it was kind of a strange game. And it means for more, Penn State. It means more to score that many points, if this makes sense, when the other team is scoring points, too. Yeah. I mean, with Memphis and sure. Idaho, they just, you know, overwhelmed them. That's <laughs> right. what it was. It was two, it was completely different. I think games. those were both shutouts, weren't they? 79 nothing and 59 nothing. I think sounds, with the scores. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, uh, you want to talk about a difference in one stat line? Memphis was 63 rushing yards. Let's oh, just man. call it 400 yards rushing. Yeah, okay. they were they were four yards short, but it was <laughs> Noah Kane and especially well, Journey Brown. Brown. I mean, this was the coming out party for him. 16 yeah. totes for 202 yards and two touches. He looked good. Oh too. my the, lord, those he were good. Uh, certainly his offensive line was getting him out in front of of the front seven, but he was making guys miss. You know, in the second level himself, those Penn State running backs showed out in this game. Yeah. Um. So Sean Clifford. Only 20 attempts. Yeah. 11 to 20. I mean, just looks really like a pedestrian game because they didn't need him. They did not need him. No. Yeah. It was, you know what it looked like? It looked like a very, very good power five team going against a group of five teams. Yeah, that's pretty much what it looked like. I mean, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but... we've got we've got the dudes. We're just going to run it right down your throat and we're going to get the hell out of here. I do not mean to totally besmirch group of five teams. Memphis obviously showed out in the game. But Definitely. I, this, this isn't a... 11 win team if they play in no. most power five conferences certainly either side of the big 10 or the sec and i've said it a hundred times i'll say it again uh, group of five start your own playoff if you had any sense at all start your own damn playoff yeah i guess i'd have to think deep about that but you know um kind of a no-win situation for penn state or any uh power five team going into this bowl but in the end you get a you know a big bowl win and and certainly the cotton bowl is a is a Big bull yeah. win, so you 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 walk away in the season eleven and two. That's a great year. You certainly feel better winning this game than you would have had you be, had you lost to Memphis. And they so. definitely look like they wanted the game, like they they were there. That it Both meant something to them. Yeah. Micah Parsons, fourteen tackles, seven of them solo, two sacks, three tackles for a loss. Wow, what a game for him! Uh, just that that poor pass defense though, that's been rearing its ugly head for Penn State all year. That's what made this one look. Correct. Not quite as good as it should have. Correct. Yep.
All right, so that got the Big Ten out to a nice 3-0 start in the Bulls. We're going to skip over the game that was uh, later that day till the end. We're going to do this uh, as we did the last uh, review uh, podcast. So next up was Monday, December 30th, the Red Box Bowl. Cal 35, Illinois 20. The Illini with 450 yards of total offense to the Bears 395 yards. So how do you have a 55-yard advantage in the yeah, they're, game? They're kind and, of playing from behind the whole game. Yeah. I So, first of all, Illinois was badly outmanned. I didn't think they had much of a shot in this. And they really didn't. I mean, it wasn't that close of a game, right? But, man, Brandon Peters, what a game that guy had. Yep. That dude is a competitor. He is a competitor. That, 273 yards, touchdown and a pick, um, 68 yards rushing, yeah. too. But how about that? Oh, he so, was the whole offense. He was the whole offense. So speaking of the offense, this is the state that their wide receiver group was in, which is why I thought they had no chance yep. to win this game. Leading receiver is Donnie Navarro. He's a walk-on. He did get a scholarship. Next one, D- Daniel Barker, actual real legitimate <laughs> scholarship Big Ten player. Uh, Trenard Davis, fifth-year guy, hardly played at all this year, had two catches. Justice Williams, he's converted linebacker. He caught a pass. <laughs> Carlos Sandy had Four catches. Those were his four. All the, for the whole year, he had oh, yeah. four catches. He in got all of them in this game. Uh, Dre Brown had a couple. Uh, Casey Washington. He's going to be a good Big Ten receiver. He's a true freshman. Had one catch. Uh, offensive lineman had a catch for fourteen yards. Richie Pettibone. The the the. Uh, oh, the slap t- back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top, tapped up to him. He caught it. Griffin Palmer. When he caught it, I'm like. That isn't Griffin Palmer, is it? I don't think the guy had a catch all year until this game had yeah. one. I mean, then they had a quarterback catch three catches, three passes. So I that's why I just thought they had no chance in this yeah. game. A couple guys on the, out on defense, On too. the preview podcast, when you listed out all of the Illini Ugh. out. Hanson didn't play. Yeah. Um, Adams didn't play. It, 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 I want to put money on Cal. I'm sorry, but it, no, I, it, it, I didn't bet on this game, but I should have. I mean, it. Sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta go get some money. Um, that was a tough spot. And then, by the way, you're playing on, you know, the left coast, and and it's sure. up, you know, it, down the road from Cal. Up. But um, it was weird because I, when I looked at the stats afterwards, I was shocked that they had more yards because yeah. Cal was just picking apart their secondary, the secondary, which again, like Penn State, that was a problem all year for Illinois. They could, not, if if you had a good quarterback and you dedicated yourself to throwing the ball. Illinois could not stop it. Nate Hobbs had his worst game of the year. He got absolutely picked embarrassed, on. just picked on over and over yeah. and over. And they didn't even choose the the lesser cornerback. They're like, we're going to go after their better cornerback, and we're still going to beat them. Chase Garber's had 10 passing touchdowns the whole year coming into this game. He had four in this game. Didn't it, did it seem weird to you? They kept pointing out. That Chase Garber's very good quarterback, by the way. I thought he played yeah, a great game. Yeah, he looked good. Yeah, he's good. But they kept pointing out he's 6-0 and when he plays a complete game. They said that like 15 times throughout the game. Well, Brandon Peters is 6-2 and when he plays a full game. Right. They mentioned it one time before the game, and That's they never, it. never brought it up again. Weird. Yeah, it's very yeah. strange how that works out. But hopefully there's no more Brandon Peters haters out there because, I mean, oh, I think dude, he proved – that he is the best quarterback on this this roster by far. That's they are not the same team without him. That last play, the fourth and whatever it was, seventeen, if he tucks and starts running. I'm like, what are you doing? And he freaking dives and places the ball past the yard marker, out of bounds. 
I didn't realize they pull that back. Back. Yeah, they kind of try to spot it with where where they geometry. think it went out. <laughs> yeah. That's I don't remember seeing that before. Yeah, but anyway, he, but that guy was still out there trying to make it work. Oh my god! I mean, that's my quarterback. <laughs> right there. That's um, how I felt when I when I saw him do that. Christopher Brown for Cal, 120 yards yeah. rushing. Where was the? He was good. Where's the Illini rushing attack? That would have been something that could have maybe. Balance the scales a little bit. Well, I mean, they did rush for 165. A lot of that was was Brandon Peters. So just, Peters. yeah, handing off to the running backs. Where that's was what, it? That's what I meant to say. We've been asking that all year. I mean, we've got a good enough offensive line. We've got solid running backs. Something is kind of broken. New offensive line coach this year. Maybe that can explain part of it. But, I mean, to go from second in the Big Ten down to, I'm not, not sure where they ended, but like maybe 10th in the Big Ten in rushing. Yeah, something's wrong there. Right. They, they got to work on that for next year. Milo Eifler got that targeting penalty, which was total BS. If you read the rule, that is not a penalty. They called the penalty on him. Kick him out of the freaking game. Get kicked out of a bowl game. What kind of bullshit is that? So stupid. That is, you know, if they just changed that one thing about that rule, then we'll I wouldn't that. I wouldn't rail on it all the time. You shouldn't be kicking kids out of games. So stupid. We'll get to that, right? Well, here, one more thing I'm going to complain about. I'm going to complain about Illini fans whining like little bitches after this game. This was... I tried to talk Big Kurt out of this. This was, I thought maybe the, the layoff would cool no, you off a little no. bit. No, This was my easiest to take loss of the year by far. I mean, I, I knew going into it, like I said, I don't think we had much of a chance. We were just too outmanned with all the injuries. You're, you're playing essentially an away game, uh, you know, on the left coast. I could have cared less that we lost this. Did I want to win it? Of course I wanted to win it. Did I want to go 7-6? and six? Sure. But get upset about the Eastern Michigan game. You know? Get upset about the Northwestern game. Fine. I don't know why you get all bad. I wonder how many this. Illinois fans are educated enough to know how many people are actually out of the game to begin with. Well, I mean, I'm talking about the lunatic fringe that's on Twitter. So yeah. they, I, you got to assume they know. Okay. All right. So... The at the time the uh, 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 as you just pointed out Illinois dropped to six and seven overall with the loss uh, the Big Ten sat at three and two after the Bulls because uh, we're saving the uh, the big one till the end then we moved to Wednesday January first we had three bowl games that day one of the first ones up the Outback Bowl Minnesota thirty one Auburn twenty four the Gophers with 494 yards of total offense to the Tigers, 232. Minnesota kicked the living shit out of the Auburn Tigers. <laughs> they out absolutely, of the SEC. absolutely did. This is this was the most surprising result. Not that Minnesota won. That's not totally surprising. The way they won and the way they physically dominated the supposedly great Auburn front seven that I've been hearing so much about. You know, oh, they got three NFL defensive linemen. I'm watching the game, and they were getting their asses kicked, every one of them. So I got a couple things for you here, um, building on what you're saying here. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm, an, I'm not a Minnesota fan. Right. Uh, so when I listen to, certainly when any fan base listens to a announcing crew, they're sensitive towards their football team. Sure, you mispronounce a player's name, yeah. pisses you off. Yeah, you you, you say something just that's not true at all. He, you know, you yep. get mad. I'm not a Minnesota fan, but Rod Gilmore yeah. with ESPN, like the the term I used on Twitter because I just I can't I can't think of a better term. He's a jackass. He he is just a jackass in general. I 
could not believe how much he was favoring towards Auburn oh, yeah. this entire game. It never stopped. It was almost like it was um, like an SEC broadcast, like you know, like uh, from the SEC network, right? Yeah, it kind of seemed like that. That's what it, that like way. it was them playing Middle Tennessee State. It's yeah, that's how they that's how they viewed it. it, it so it, you talked about you talked about uh, the the All Stars, right? The the all the defenders on this sure. Auburn team that. You know, Gopher players were lucky to be sharing the same, right. you know, turf with them, right? Here's a couple quotes Okay. after the game. I want to give a shout-out to my boy Ryan Seleski for getting these to me. Okay. Um, so this is uh, Derek Brown, okay, unanimous All-American here okay. for Auburn. This is his quotes. The offensive line wasn't the problem. It was the scheme. They're running sideline to sideline. I'm not giving no excuses but when you run sideline to sideline, you kind of take the defensive line out of it. You want to get vertical penetration, but at the same time, when you get vertical penetration, you start opening up holes, and that's when those backs, they're not even really coached to go to a hole. They just kind of find an open hole and go. Go. You saw that all day. They were kind of picking kind of picking one hole, popping out the other. It was a good scheme. Senior Auburn okay. safety Jeremiah Dinson, another senior or guy leaving the program, they out-schemed us. Wow. They ran some damn good plays, he continued. I'm talking about some plays that I hadn't seen while playing college football. Wow. And, you know, it hurts. It hurts, man. It always hurts when you lose. But, man, you got to give your hats off to Minnesota. In the t- in the trenches, uh, Davidson is a different guy. It was just, I don't know, confusing for other people. They're making us go sideways. I don't know. Big man, ain't <laughs> want, big man don't want to go sideways. We want to go downhill. I don't know. Great game plan. They did it, and it paid off. Wow, that's have I've, they ever seen zone concepts in the know, SEC? I know it's interesting that the greatest conference in the world wouldn't run plays like this. That they the got coaching out. is overrated. Well, in the SEC, it's the coaching, all about recruiting. Right, the coaching isn't really that good in the it SEC. Let's be honest. I mean, Nick Saban is both. A amazing recruiter and coach and coach. And that's why he keeps dominating the SEC. That's Correct. right. Boy, that is really telling. How about that? Those are great quotes. Good job, uh, thank Ryan you. Celeste Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. I mean, that was because we were talking. We we talked pretty often during the season and I knew he wanted to chew the fat for this uh, uh, win. And he, he kind of dug that up. Um, this was so, a this is a good. I was going to say this is it was 31 24. It should not have been 31 24. This was no. a dominating win. Um, uh, kickoff return for a touchdown. That's right. And yep. uh, it wasn't a pick six, but it was a Basically, nearly pick six, yeah. pick field goal. Pick, pick three is pick what it was. Three it was is a what pick it three is what it was. So there's 10 points. There's 10 they points. spotted them yeah. right there. Now, I guess to a certain degree. And that was early. That was the, early. The pick three. In the game. Um, and then just another bad time turnover by – and I'm not uh, – you know, turnovers and special teams play is certainly a part of the game. Don't get me wrong. The point we're trying to get at is Minnesota was – at least a touchdown dog in this game. Right. They were at least 10 to 14 points better than Auburn. I Absolutely. don't think anybody can watch that game other than maybe Rod Gilmore. Rod Gilmore maybe might Rod still Gilmore. be out there thinking Rod Gilmore is just crying in his beer right now saying, we should have beat the Gophers. Damn it, we should have beat him. Here, I'm gonna, I, I did a deep dive. So I'm looking at the stats of this game, and it, this is weird. Usually you don't want to see your defensive backs leading in tackles. The four leading tacklers for Minnesota were all defensive backs. Wow. And I kept digging down the tackles. I'm like, where are the linebackers? I'm just going to tell you, they didn't have many tackles. Guess how many tackles the linebackers for Minnesota had? Four. Yes. 
How did you get that? I don't know. I they had have. four tackles. I, I, in this I mean, game. I watched the whole game. I don't remember them now that you mention it. I mean, Antoine Winfield Jr. Was How all does that over. happen, though? Yeah, that's weird. But that must have been part of the scheme. And I, I tell guess. you another thing, too. They, were they playing? That's, they- that's another thing that's embarrassing for. And, and, and it, I don't mean that as a slap in the face of Minnesota, but that's embarrassing towards Auburn. Minnesota was out a lot of linebackers. Yeah, that's game. true. Kamal Martin, Martin didn't, didn't play. play. Um, they got another guy hurt, I think, pretty quick in the game. I'm yeah, didn't drunk. Barber get hurt? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Barber got, yeah, that's I think right. That's who got hurt, or maybe. So he only different... had one tackle. The 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 hyphenated guy, the hyphenated last name, can't think of his name, uh, had two, and then Oliver had one. Those then, were all and the then tackles. You hear about Bo Nix. I've heard Bo Nix. I know. Bo Nix. Bo. Dude, that guy ain't nothing no. special. And here's one thing. Back to Ron Gilmore. Kept saying over and over, the Auburn coaches say he's going to win a national championship here. Not seeing it. No, I don't see it. Tanner Morgan, uh, 278 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Wasn't even his best game no. of the year. Now you put Tanner Morgan on Auburn. Okay, maybe we can start talking national championships. Another guy who had a pretty good bull performance for the Gophers. Tyler Johnson. Yeah, oh, my gosh. <laughs> 12 catches. 204 yards and a t- uh, and a th- two touchdowns. I think. Two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Correct. Two tutties, with one of them being just a insane back of the end zone, one-handed grab, got his foot down, and there was a really good uh, picture somebody took a Gopher fan in the end zone. Mm. He had space between his he did. foot and the. He did. I mean, that was definitely a catch. Um, there has there was a scout. I can't remember his name. I don't want to say his name, anyways. But he has called out Tyler Johnson for. Yeah, Not being a good, good enough guy. Well, bad character, ta- bad, bad character, character, which, by the way, people have dug into and dug into and dug into every coach that has ever associated with Tyler Johnson says, I don't know anything about bad character with that guy. And as far as talent and like, this is a guy that looks like he's going to have a 12 year NFL career. Yeah, Not the fastest I think guy was, in the world, but no, I, I don't going to get open and he's going to catch. The yes, ball. he is. Um, he, he, he almost Fitzgerald like Larry Fitzgerald like maybe not quite as rangy, but. I mean, that catch, it was definitely the catch of the bowl season. It's one of the catches of the year. It was incredible. Un- unbelievable body control. Yep. Uh, watched the game with my brother and nephew. We're all we're all Hawkeye fans. We got up from our couch like, holy bleep, <laughs> yes. what, a, what a catch. Um, Mo Ibrahim, man. <laughs> that was where I was going I to I tell next. you what, I, I feel like. I know. Were they just not giving him as many touches because he's younger and they wanted the the seniors to carry the ball more? Because I just watched that. I watched that guy run, and to me, he is the best runner on this team. Yeah, he's he's a little flashy. I I feel like he's a he's in a groove type of runner. Okay, is that fair? He he needs to start having some success. He needs to feel that would be my okay assessment. That's fair. But, but other man, than that, that dude runs hard with his head down. Yeah, <laughs> hits the hole fast. I love him. Yeah, and um, he looked good that, in this game. That fourth and one call at the end of the game was just ballsy. big stones on <laughs> Matt ballsy. Simon to call that. Yeah. And apparently, he told PJ, "I want to. This is the play I want to run." Go. And PJ said, "Hey, if that's what you, yeah, go for it, man." That was which. Yeah. you know, I I keep getting more and more impressed by PJ Flack. We you know we we like we like you know kind of ragging on his boat stuff here but the guy like he i think even his quote was i don't micromanage my people i hire good people let them do their job and that's what he did and boy it paid off uh, another thing that paid off is the um, uh, change in the defense he made last year um defensive coordinator excuse me just trying to <laughs> trying to transition that in auburn had 56 yards rushing <sighs> Man. 56 i mean 
another thing that to just 215 ticked, right 56 to 215 another thing too another thing rod gilmore said that just ticked me off he kept saying i think he said it twice this is by far the best team that minnesota has played all year i don't know about that yeah no i think wisconsin and iowa are Pro- better than Auburn. well They're and just, what about penn state penn state too <laughs> and i think he was going teams that you know i mean i was going with teams that they didn't get that, that they got oh, beat okay. by. Okay, I, I gotcha. I'm with that being said, 100%. Penn State, Wisconsin, Iowa, all better than Auburn. Boy. They they, they were more battle-tested, I think, going into this They game. were. And I, Auburn was dialed in. Don't give me that. We didn't want to be here crap. They no, said all the, week long that this was a big bowl game for them to win. But not only that, you watch them play. They were putting effort in. It's not like they were laying down. Nope. And you can hear the frustration in the quotes, you know, after the game. Absolutely. I I mean, they're so they clearly were were playing and wanted to win this game. So um, in the end, Minnesota finishes 11 and two on the year. Um, First 11 win season since they played local high school teams. 1905 or something like that. Yeah. And I would say, you know, we'll do the, you know, offseason, you know, grades. You can't give them a complete 100% on this because of the two games they lost to their two rivals. But in the end, they played, you know, they got bagged on a lot for their schedule. Sure. Right. Um, I think it's fair to say they played eight teams that they should have beat. Yeah. And they beat them all. Then they played four really good teams. They went two and two. They went two and two. That's pretty good. It's a damn good year. Yeah. I mean, way to go, PJ Fleck. All right, that got us to gets us to the other game that was uh, first off on uh, New Year's Day, the Citrus Bowl, Alabama thirty five, Michigan sixteen. The Wolverines with three hundred ninety five yards of total offense, the Tide with four hundred and eighty at halftime. Michigan was up sixteen to fourteen and had more yards than Alabama did. Yeah, Alabama came right out and threw a bomb to. Jerry Judy's a stud. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> so freaking good. And and they responded after that. They pretty much, I don't want to say dominated, but they they controlled the game the whole first half. What the heck happened in the second half then? You know, it's a good question. That yeah, I would say, I don't know. Did they control it? They certainly were were playing toe to toe with with Alabama. And then yeah, could you just say scheme adjustments? Nick Saban versus yeah. khaki pants? Is that? The difference in this game. And then speaking of khaki pants, obviously this has already spawned the proverbial is Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan? Should they fire Michigan? Is is Jim Harbaugh ever gonna I mean, for the people that are are writing the never win the big game, like aren't aren't they tired of writing that article? You'd think so. And I I just go back to I think this is just who Michigan is. He's coaching them up to Michigan. One person that maybe just is who he was is Shea Patterson. It was another Shea Patterson type of day. He did big not games. have a good game. 17 of 37, 233, one touchdown, but two picks. Um, did They did run the ball decent, 162 yards on the ground. Yeah. Not too bad. No. I mean, that they got more than Alabama. Alabama does not ground. have a very good defense. Michigan did fine. I mean, when you get almost 400 yards of total offense, you're pretty much doing your thing. But here's the deal. You got to hit the plays when they're there. I felt like uh, Harbaugh, because <laughs> I don't think it's the other guy, calling the plays. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think that? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I've heard a rumor or two. The plays were there. Shea Patterson missed the plays. You think that's what it came down to? Huh? I, this is just off the top of my head, but just switch out Shea Patterson and Tanner Morgan. Mm, boy, that, that would be interesting. There's mm. a lot of throws that it seems like 
a more accurate quarterback such as Tanner Morgan would have hit. It is weird that, you know, Harbaugh was a straight up quarterback whisperer for years. That's what he was right. considered. I Correct. mean, Stanford, he went to uh, San Francisco and, you know, turned chicken bleep into chicken salad. Yep. And then for some reason at Michigan, his best it's quarterback gone. was an Iowa transfer. Yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? What the heck? That couldn't start at Iowa. So he left, and he was became the best quarterback that he had. Like, is this the problem with Michigan? I it might had, be, but it wasn't here's, this game. Here's something else that just really stuck out to me, and it's not just this game, Alabama. It's every time they play Ohio State. It's even to some degree when they play Penn State. Michigan recruits at a high level, but you watch them, and they just don't seem to have the explosiveness of a program like Alabama, Ohio State, Penn State, where it, it just That's a good point. They kind of it looks like they're playing in the 1970s. They got a bunch of big, strong, pretty athletic guys, but they're just not explosive. Is that fair? I think that is fair. I mean, 1970s might be a little bit harsh, but I just yeah the the the. But I'm t- it's like 70s style of football. Like I just think it just comes down to just. Lack of explosiveness. Like, I don't yeah. know how else to define it, but I, yeah. I know what you're getting at. I, yeah. I hear what you're saying. And, like, that Jerry Judy play really nailed it home. Like, he just flew by the secondary, caught the pass, you know, whatever it was, 70-yard touchdown pass. Like, whoa, but Michigan doesn't have Al- anyone like that. Holding that Alabama offense to 14 points at halftime is a pretty good job yeah. by the defensive staff. Pretty good job. And, by the way, can you believe that? There's another good quarterback on the Alabama roster. Yeah. Matt Jones is pretty good. 327 sure, yards, like three touchdowns, no pick. By the way, he was a four-star quarterback. What's it like? So speaking of Najee Harris, what what was the connection? Do you know the connection there between these two teams and Najee Harris? He was choosing between Michigan and Alabama. And this was a really weird recruitment where he didn't really like he didn't enjoy being recruited. So he didn't talk about it. He never set an announcement date like a lot of these guys do. He didn't want to do a video or anything like that. He just like went quietly about the recruiting process, but he did it did come down to Michigan and Alabama. And nobody knew what he was going to do. And then one day he just shows up in Tuscaloosa and enrolls at Alabama. He never even announced a commitment. And, what? And this was he enrolled before signing day. So he enrolled in January of like 20, whatever it was, 17 or 8, 17, I think. Okay. And then signing day, this is before the early one. So signing day was in February. So he just he just showed up on campus and enrolled. And everyone's Weird. like, well, I guess he's going to Alabama. Weird. Yeah. Huh. So that. I'd like to hear about a kid that doesn't want to make a big deal out of it. That, like that was the most interesting thing about this game yeah. for me because. Well, it was interesting in the first half. No, I mean, leading up to the game, yeah, I just yeah. didn't think this didn't intrigue me at all. Yeah, it was weird. It's Alabama, Michigan. I know it. And it just. It, like, I guess because. We're, we we had the toggle going on, but I mean, both my brother and my nephew and I, we, we were more into the, the Auburn, Minnesota game. I didn't really toggle. This was on my small screen the whole time. Hmm. I yeah. was just watching the 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 uh, Minnesota game, but um, yeah, I just I thought if I felt like if Alabama wants to be there, just they're going to run away with it, and that's eventually what happened. I just didn't think Michigan had much of a chance here. Yeah, with that being said, Michigan's got to get some stuff figured at figured out at some. Wait, point what about that? Games. We we got to talk about this. The okay. blatant no call yeah. on the target. Got that? Can we can we we spin can table that it? The end? But that I've got it written was. Down. Textbook, Wait, like we'll, if you're teaching, I've got it. I got it written down. Let's okay, get, all right, all right. I'm table, just gonna shut up. Okay, yep. <laughs> all right. So that gets us into the last game of New Year's Day, the Rose Bowl. Oregon 28, Wisconsin 27. The Badgers with 
322 yards of total offense. That's pretty good. Oregon had 204 yards of total offense. They had about 130 yards of total offense until the end of the game. Oof. Um, Boy, you if you're Wisconsin, you wish you had this one back. Oh, my gosh. But that means, okay, here, here's the game. Four turnovers, right? Yeah. Nine penalties for 79 yards. Yes. That's the game? That's the game. Um, Oregon came out right from the get-go and went right through uh, Wisconsin's defense. Yeah, boy. I was right through. I was a little scared at that so point. So was I. I was like, wow, Herbert has come to play. That was it. That was it you except for that 30-yard run. From You did not hear from Oregon's offense. With I know it. Ten minutes left in the first quarter, the entire second quarter, the entire third quarter, halfway through the fourth quarter. It was amazing. They absolutely crunched them. They absolutely. You, you can they, walk away from this game and not have any doubts on Wisconsin's defense, correct? Absolutely. Sure. I mean, this isn't on the defense to me. It's definitely not on the defense. I mean, they held them to 66 yards rushing, and that includes the 30-yard run by Herbert. I mean, he had 138 yards passing in a pick. That's it. Yeah. I Going mean, into that game, if you had said stat line, Justin Herbert, 138 yards. Justin Herbert, potential number one draft pick or top right. 10, you know, first or second quarterback taken 138 yards in a pick. You would have thought Wisconsin won that game by oh, three touchdowns. You look down the stat line, you'd think they won it by three touchdowns until you get to the turnovers and penalties. Now, I will give Oregon one thing credit for. They really did a good job bottling up the running game of Wisconsin. Yeah. Less than four yards per attempt. So they got 136 yards rushing on 37 attempts. So that was good. Cone had an okay day, but man, they just let this one slip away with just horrible, stupid mistakes. Mr. Crookshank with a uh, kickoff return for a touchdown. The Badger receivers showed out in this game. To Absolutely. Me. This dude. was another game to me. Did you think that there looked like there was a athletic mismatch not at all in this game no not at all i would say wisconsin looked like the more athletic team i think so too yeah certain certainly i believe so uh defensively but i tell you what i don't think wisconsin's ever going to win start winning like these big games on a regular basis until they get better quarterback play that's a big part of it yeah it's just cone's just not good enough to get it done taylor the one thing the one kink in that guy's armor is fumbles and his fumble was boy that huge was huge wasn't in it in this game a wide receiver fumble by Danny <sighs> Davis I believe yep, it was Danny Davis yep. I mean three uh, uh, three fumbles yeah you cannot have that that is ball handling that's, okay that's and the that's, game right there and now the one and thing that botched I would, punt uh, oh yeah the botched punt oh. now the one thing I would say I don't care I I don't care what Mike Pereira or any of these other guys say as far as like digging down into the details of what a offensive pass interference call is that wide receiver oh, went out god got th- there was some sort of collision with him and the defender the defender threw him down it, it was it was more on the Oregon <sighs> defender throwing the wide receiver I know down. I mean you don't call you, you don't in call that, that juncture of the game you, you especially don't call it that juncture of the game now I'm you not going to you know when you call that play when it first gets rolled out and you're making a point to let yes. coaches know we are going to focus on this call sure. this year because we feel like there's more, there's too many rub routes. Going. That's that's September shit right there. Exactly. That ain't that's right. Rose Bowl. That's not, let's save it for the biggest bowl of the year call. The this granddaddy is, of them all. This, I mean, this is starting to build some momentum here into these last two games. Yeah, you're getting this me fired is, up. Here. This is where conspiracy theories come out with this crap. I mean, ESPN calls. This guy, I'm not saying, and we're going to bring that up. I'm not saying I'm going down, but 
that is, dude, this is crap. Like, it, I always think of NBA officials. I mean, NBA officials did sure. throw games. They, they, people have. That's true. Know, it's been proven, right? It's been I mean, proven, yeah, right? There they, is no. They've admitted it. Um, that's what that felt like to me. And I still think Wisconsin is to blame for losing the game, not right. the refs. So and I think Wisconsin fans would say that too. But so here's the thing: they, that call did not lose the game, but it it prevented them from having the chance to win the game. You can say that. That's well worded. Thank you. Because I'm I'm tired of people like saying, "Oh, but but it didn't lose the game." No, no, it didn't. But we'll get to Ohio State. I'm an Iowa fan. Watching Wisconsin lose did that did not cause me to lose any sleep. <laughs> no, of course night. not. With that being said, you just walk away feeling hollow when a game is like that. Oh yeah, because right? like, you don't you never want any game to be decided by the refs. And just I don't know, Wisconsin's play cuz we're we're Big 10 fans obviously when these bowl games start getting kicked off or out of conference play and to watch a team that you know is better than the other team. They were clearly better. They were clearly better. Clearly better. Like they were at one point to me a 14 to 17 point better team. That's kind of how I felt. And this is the best team in the Pac-12 and what probably most people will think was either second or third team, best team in the Big 10. Did you know Hands that down the better. 204 yards by Oregon are yeah. the fewest in a Rose Bowl by any team winner or loser in 40 years? Since 1979. Unbelievable. Yeah. But I will say, I now let's give Oregon a little credit here. Those three touchdown runs by Herbert were amazing. Yeah. They were all spectacular. He had a stiff arm on every one of those things. That thing is wicked with the length that he has. Like even he kept Sanborn away on that long run. That he's a he's a bad I, I I like Herbert. I mean I've watched him play a couple games. Like he's a battler. He's a competitor. Well he's sneaky fast. Like that dude can he can tote the rock. Yep. But boy, again, Wisconsin, you really wish you had this one back. Back to Jack Cohn. That guy he got sacked zero times and had zero hurries against him and still only managed 186 yards and 35 attempts. And I felt the receivers were there. They, they were, were there. They were showing up. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. Tough one. Oh, we should probably talk about uh, Justin or sorry, Jonathan Taylor passes 2000 yards. You mentioned yeah. earlier uh, for back to back seasons. Right. So he's the first player to do that since Troy Davis Troy at, Davis, at Iowa too. state. Yeah. Uh, Although Troy Davis tweeted and pointed out he didn't know any 11 games, which is hilarious. I love that he points that out. That's fantastic. Um, so I, that's, got Troy Davis, only... I got a Troy Davis story, but we're going we're gonna to save it for recruiting. Are we going to save that one? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, this is a long pie, but it, it's a good Yeah. One. All right. But yeah. anyway, Remind the, me. the only two players yeah. to ever do that. So yeah. congratulations, Jonathan Taylor. All right. So disappointing loss that drops Wisconsin to the odd finish on the year of 10 and 4. You don't run into that a lot. Hmm. Right? Is that right? Ten and two regular season, or wait, yeah, right. yeah, and then lost the championship, and yeah. then lost the bowl. Okay, all right. So then the uh, another game, the <laughs> we'll call it the ankle game. No, it's the Gator Bowl. This was on Thursday, January second. Tennessee twenty three, Indiana twenty two. The Hoosiers with three hundred and three yards of total offense. The Vols with three hundred and seventy four. Uh, I think we were sitting at 22 to help me out with my math here. Nine, I believe it was. And yeah, it was 22 to nine at one point. Um, I was getting ready to send a tweet out that was going to say, uh, oh. this is this tax slayer. I was going to say this, a vol slayer bowl sure is fun. And I just sat there. I'm like, you know, I'm going to want, I'm going to have a, yeah, 
I, couple more possessions here. I was I was churning through my mind. What where are my tweets going to be? What are my tweets going to be? But I was going to save it, baby. Four hundred and seventy-one and one. What, what does, does that, that mean? What, 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 what does, does that, that represent? That's right. Four hundred seventy-one times in FBS this year, a team leading by thirteen or more with five minutes or less left in the game won. Four hundred seventy-one times. One time a team lost. It was Indiana in this game against Tennessee. Boy, that stat got thrown out a lot on Twitter, and that was salt in the wound right there. Boy, you know, we talked about all these milestones for Indiana. They were right there on the precipice of another milestone. Finally winning a bowl game for the first time since 1991, and not only doing it, but beating an historic power, beating an SEC team in a big bowl game. That would have been just huge, and they just... You had them, and you let it slip away. That was the the quintessential snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. You blew it. That was bad. You had your chance, and um, you blew it. With that being said, my boy, Peyton Ramsey, he showed out. Uh, 227 yeah. yards passing, 54 yards rushing, and a touchdown. They were limited with... I mean, there there was offensive line shuffling going on nonstop. Yep, a little bit. Uh, I'll tell you this much. Um, an 8-4 and four Indiana team that uh, Vol fans were malicious pointing out didn't beat anybody good sure. all year long. I'd point out that neither did Tennessee, really. Right. Uh, and Tennessee was 7-5, and five, again, with a five minutes to go. It was about, actually, seven minutes in this game because, truth be told, Tennessee was already driving with about sure. okay, eight that's minutes a good point. left in the game. They were still up by 13. I think when there was five minutes left, they scored like a play or two later. Okay. They, were, they were down on the goal line. Um, with that being said, up to that point, Tennessee could do nothing on off. They're they're off. They pulled their quarterback twice. Like I've never seen the. With, <laughs> we're gonna bench you, and we're gonna bench you, Jared Garantano. Yeah, yeah, I mean they they. I do believe they benched him twice. They brought him in and out a couple times because they looked horrible on offense. Indi- and Indiana wasn't known for a defensive stalwart this year, but no. they sure did look like it for most of this bowl game. Yeah, it sure did. Um. So they missed that point after, right? So I'm sitting there at the ER. I'm watching on a game cast, and my buddy, Jesse, who took me there, he played college ball, but he could really kind of care less. And so I'm giving him all these updates. They missed that PAT, and I turned to him, and I said, this is how they lose the game. And I think I was – I think there was 12 minutes in the fourth quarter, and it was still, I think, 22 to 9 at that point, and I tweeted out, Indiana's going to lose this game 23-22. And that's what happened. Boy, sometimes those, you hate to be right. I don't know why, like when when one of those PAT, when something, anything like that, when it happens, you know instantly that's the game. How does I don't even know how that happens. It is a weird thing. It is weird, but I knew that was going to come back and kill them. And granted, it would have only been tied, but still, you would have had a shot in overtime. What? So, how did you feel about going for the field goal? Fifty-two oh, yards. Thanks for bringing that up. Horrible. Fourth and eight. I was screaming. But it was fourth and eight. Still. That is, they, you got Logan Justice. Got he's an, a good kicker. He's good, but inexperienced, young. This isn't a guy that has been in that position. And and even if you've got a all American type of kicker, fifty four yards. That's a that's a fifty two. Fifty two. That's a lot but, to dial But it up. is a lot for for a college kicker. So get Peyton but, Ramsey rolled out. Give him a run pass option. Oh, and boy, he was running like crazy at the end of the game. There, <sighs> some of those big plays. Man, and I, I, I love me some Hoosier fans for the most part on Twitter. Yeah, they kind of melted down after this game a little bit. I don't there know how you can't of, melt. There down. was a lot of Tom Allen frustration. Well, 
he it was not his best game. No doubt about that. The <laughs> but, offensive because uh, uh, Kalen DeBoer. He was, thanks for pointing it out, uh, Alex Davis. Uh, I, I he stuck around to call the game, so I didn't yes, know that. Correct. Yeah. So good on you, Kalen DeBoer. You didn't have to do that. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, but he didn't call a good game. I don't know if there was no. a disconnect between bull prep and him calling. Yeah. It did not look cohesive. No, it didn't. But again, I. You know they did get outgained though. They got outgained in total yards. They got outgained. But that wasn't passing. until that wasn't until the end of the game. Okay, and then they got outgained rushing too. So you kind of look down the stats. They did have more turnovers, but it does look like Tennessee won the game if you just look at the stat line. I understand. So it also looked like to me two evenly matched games. Teams, oh, it was a great. Excuse me. It was yeah, yeah. It was it was two very evenly matched teams playing a great game, and I'm just. I'm still destroyed that I didn't get to watch this live that I had to watch in the freaking game cast with my stupid ankle. But and another thing, WAP yeah. didn't have any no not many ankle nope. breakers out there. He did not. No. WAP uh <laughs> nice. I just had to get that in there. Nice. <laughs> Only one catch for WAP. All right, so that gets us to what was the Big 10 game? Of the bowl season, Saturday, December 28th, the Fiesta Bowl. This was the first round of the college football playoff. Clemson 29, Ohio State 23. The Buckeyes with a robust 516 yards of total offense to the Tigers, 417. So they had 100 yards more total offense. Game started out 16 to nothing Buckeyes. So, all right, I'm going to let's start with the actual game. Ohio State was dominating. I think we can all agree with that, right? Quarter and a half, right? Yeah, quarter and a half. Quarter totally dominating. It looked like Clemson was shell-shocked. They were, they were shell-shocked, but that's kind of what I want to talk about. I I was impressed with just how much moxie Clemson had. They never gave up. It's rare to see a team get punched that hard in the mouth and stick in the game and just not go away, not go away, not go away, and then come back and win it. You don't see that happen very often. And them in their red zone defense was amazing. I mean, that if if Ohio State could have just gotten one more touchdown instead of a field goal in the first half, this game probably just gets out of hand, right? I think so. Um, like we said, the one knock on Jonathan Taylor is his fumbling. The one knock on J.K. Dobbins is just the top end speed. Yeah. When J.K. Dobbins yeah. got caught, that should have been a touchdown. Yeah. Um, I love you, J.K. You're my you're my guy. Should have caught the uh, pass, the flare out out of the backfield. That was a touchdown that would have put it away. He dropped the screen pass in the game. Yes, he did. So many plays, and and most Ohio State fans are fitting into the category where they're pissed about their their team, that the lack of plays that they left out there. They're sick of the refs. They're pissed about the refs too. But could you, not be? you can't. You couldn't watch this game, and and kind of up there with the missed PAT, where you just start having the bad feelings when you are leaving. Red zones. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, we're not just talking about like in the 19 yard. They were on the four and five yard line. Yeah, these. I know. And they weren't getting touched. And I was texting my buddy and I'm like, this is going to kill. This is going to bite them. I know this is going to bite them. Not I scoring. Mean, I mean, at 16 to nothing, it should have at the very least been 20 to nothing. At but least, I think yeah. I think re- really 24 nothing. Probably. Probably yeah. should have been. the but, score. But you have to give Clemson credit for that. I mean, they were just buckling down in the red zone. 
That's true. A lot of times. And that's another thing you got to point out here is all the things we're going to say next. You're not doing this versus a pretty yeah. plucky team. <laughs> this, this is a team that is now in the rank and file of most consecutive games won. They're working on their third out of four national championships here coming up in a couple weeks. This is a they've got they've got the eye of the tiger, if if you will, the yep. Clemson Tigers. But so this kind of reminds me of that Wisconsin game because there Very were so, so many opportunities for Ohio State to win this game and did. And, and I'm not talking about the officiating out. We'll get there. But I'm just saying plays that they did not make that they could have made. There's so many of them. And honestly, you could probably pick one at some point and just say if they had made this one play, they would have won the game. Yep. But several. They just weren't. They just weren't getting it done. And then 16 nothing. Ohio State's defense, by the way, d- dominating Clemson's offense. Oh, were they ever. Dominating Clemson's offense. And then Sean Wade yep. comes up to make a football play. You could even say a tackle. Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback, I know we're late to this. This has been dissected yeah. a thousand times. But the fact of the matter is, Trevor Lawrence lowered his head. Sean Wade came up, I know, by the letter of the law. By the letter of the law, it was targeted. I will go ahead and say that. I still think it was debatable to me. I mean, I guess you could make an argument that it wasn't. But at the same time, here's my big problem with it. The, there is a huge flaw in the targeting rule, which is they do not account for a the, the person being tackled moving their head into the striking zone of the defender, which you just cannot avoid as your defender, and that should not be targeting. And the other thing I'm going to say, I don't care. If you're an official, you say, I we can't call this at this point in this Bingo. game. We can't Bingo. Do I don't care what the freaking rule says. You, you we don't just do are it, not calling it. We're putting our like, freaking flag in our pocket. Like, I feel like an ultra competitor that Trevor Lawrence is, right? Clemson quarterback. Sure. I mean, that dude balled out. He did, absolutely. If you didn't walk away from that game <laughs> respecting the hell out of Trevor yeah. Lawrence, just stop watching the sport of college football sure. to me. I bet you if you asked him, should we throw Sean Wade out of this game, he'd be like, hell oh, no. Oh, no. He a, would an, absolutely say that. An uber competitor like that. He doesn't want Sean Wade out of the game. He wants to beat the, he wants to beat the best team that they can beat on the field. That's crap. Okay, speaking of beating, I'm going to beat a dead horse. Every time this freaking targeting call gets made, it changes games. It changed the layout of this game. The, the defenders. So Can I? I'm going to go ahead. Go for it. Big Kurt. This is. I mean, I'm I'm infringing upon your expertise yeah. here with the. Let me just join with Please, you a little no, bit because one thing I want to point out is for years, Big Kurt, and especially the last I don't know year and a half or so. You have been adamant saying every freaking time in a big game when that targeting call gets called, it's always on a third down, maybe a fourth down. It completely zaps the momentum for the defensive team. Yep. Gives all the momentum. Oh, by the way, it always seems to be one of the best players that gets tossed out of the game. It is a complete vacuum. It is a complete vampire of energy for that defensive team. And the offensive team scores a touchdown Almost every <laughs> Almost single every time. time, and it happened here. Okay, and I'm going to give you an, another example. BYU versus Hawaii, the, the Hawaii Bowl. This year, I'm watching with my dad. We're sitting there. He rarely watches college football, but I'm home, so he's watching. He's kind of you know, allowing me to, to, to enjoy myself. So uh, Hawaii was down by a score, BYU, like a minute 12 left in the game. BYU gets called for a targeting. Now, they're not even on – the BYU side of the field. They're on their own side of the field. 
I turn to my dad. I go, Hawaii's going to win it, and they're going to win it quick. It took them two plays to go about 60 yards and score a touchdown. And it absolutely took this game and flipped the entire mood of this game. I mean, once once you see a teammate get ejected, you're just you're playing on your heels now. You don't want to get ejected. And not just any teammate. This is Sean Wade. Right. He's arguably I mean, I mean it's a tough it's tough to be a star in this defense with Jeffrey Okuda and but like he's the third best player on this team. And some would say he's the most versatile as far as how they use him, sure. bouncing him around. We've talked about him on this podcast before, how versatile he was how, as a player. How many plays did it take him to score? Do you remember? It was, was like it? three. Yeah. Boom, and and there was that long Trevor Lawrence and run, which was that amazing. And that gets you into the next thing. So not only is it bull crap, that basically the only thing Sean Wade did was play football on this. It's not a, it's not a contact sport. It's a collision sport. You know that. You signed up for that in high school. You sign up for it in, in, in college. And the other thing is it, it, it wasn't with any bad intention. No. He was making a clean effort to make a, a good form tackle. And – Trevor Lawrence just lowers his head into his helmet. What That's you, it. God, that's so then rule sucks. on top of that, it's too punitive. Okay, way too punitive. Maybe give him a, a fifteen yard. yard that's fine. Give him a maybe 15, a fifteen yard. That's penalty. it. But then you you walk of shame. You know the yeah, that, the, that part the really Game of Thrones stripped down naked. Right. Walk through the city while they're throwing fruit at you right. through it. And it's always the TV panning while oh, yeah. he walks out. And you're like, that's his last time he gets to put on the scarlet and gray. He's out. He's kicked out of the game. I mean, it is like catching a dude with a little bag of weed and throwing him in jail for 25 years. Hold on, but it's not enough to kick him out of the game. you got to kick him out of the next half of the next game. I mean, that is ridiculous. Yeah. Milo Eifler has to sit out the fir- against uh, Illinois State. Game. At least kill it on the offseason. Like, no. no, it carries over to the next year, baby. And then to, to um, another one, Ronnie Bell. Okay, Michigan wide receiver. Not yeah. to bring Michigan into an Ohio State conversation, but... Ronnie Bell, the hit he absorbed in the Citrus Bowl from the Alabama player was one of the most malicious head-to-head hits I've seen this entire college football season. I would agree with that. And it's also textbook targeting. Didn't get called. You, If you were teaching a class to referees, you would use that as an example of targeting. Didn't get called. Nope. How many games after that did Big Ten fans, certainly Ohio State fans, college football games, fans in general you're watching a football game my brother and you know nephew and i did too well that's targeting why is that targeting why is that not targeting no well there's targeting that's not okay why is that you it's all over i mean and then it gets called here yeah i know i I know it i know ohio state still should have won the game they 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 mostly have themselves to blame sure here's the thing you don't have to pick sides here yes ohio state should have won the game yeah Yes, the refs made a gigantic mark in this game. Oh, yeah. Both of them can be true at the same time. Sure. That's what we had. Right. In- and we haven't even talked about the catch. Yes. The, the scoop okay, and score. So then moving on to the next part. And, the and by the way, I'm just going to start this conversation by saying I totally give up on trying to even determine what a catch is anymore. I don't even know. Same thing. If it if it looks like a if it looks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's a duck. That looked like a catch. It felt like a catch. It was a catch. Here's the problem you, I have. How do you overturn it? The, the, so that's the big problem. How do you overturn here. that? You can't overturn that. Like, do I know what a catch is? Absolutely not. I have no idea. So then you leave it on the field? So if you called it that way on the field, you can't overturn it because, I mean, come on, four steps. The guy took four 
steps. And the rule is very vague, by the way. It just says you have to have enough time to do something with the ball once you get it. Four steps is enough. I think four steps is enough time. I'm sorry. I'm not- so, I mean, you got to give Ohio State credit. All that momentum that was given up got Clemson back into That's a the, good point. To the game. They fought back, too. That's a good point. That's a great point. And then point. they fight back, get a lead that probably would have been a big enough lead for them to continue. And then you take it away from them again? Oh, you cannot tell. I mean, I know people get tired of online Ohio State mafia football fan type, but they had a right to be upset here. Any fan base that was put in that situation would have been melting down for days. Absolutely. And you can throw that roughing call in there, too. Uh, to me, I think you could have called that either way. A lot of people thought it shouldn't have been roughing. I don't know. I don't really care. But the point I'm trying to make now is there were three huge, huge calls in this game. All three went against Ohio State. It wasn't just one or two. All three of them went against Ohio State. And, you know, the targeting doesn't get called. Then they review it, and they call it a targeting. The catch gets called a catch. Then they review it. They overturn it. I mean, it's like it's... This is where conspiracies come from. You know, I'm not... I don't believe that there's a conspiracy, but... I'm not going to not answer the question at this point because you have to have the conversation. I mean, I feel like because, of course, like Braden Gall and a bunch of people out there are like, do you honestly think ESPN didn't want Ohio State LSU? And I'm like, I I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Like like they're not uh, uh, advertising Clemson LSU big time right now. I mean, I mean <laughs> it's, it's big. That's big, too. If you watch any Clemson ESPN is, at all. Clemson and Alabama get more play than anybody, don't you think? Until this year. I mean, LSU, Georgia, right up there. I'm just saying in general, yeah. those two programs yeah. do. And then probably Ohio State third-ish, right? Don't you think? No. no? I, I, I would put certainly Alabama number one. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, they're, right. but Clemson they're, they're too. way out there. Clemson would be right there to me along with Georgia and LSU this yeah. year. Well, Georgia probably, Ohio, yes. I would put Ohio State down. Below LSU even. 100%. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Well, they're not SEC. The fact of the matter is you, there, there is a plethora of calls that were like this where you're just like, how could that possibly be? Are call? you talking like just in this game or overall? Overall in the Bulls against okay. the Big Ten. So that's what that's what this is what I want to talk about. There were so many bad calls that went against the Big Ten. So many. There, there you, was, a, there was a call in the Indiana-Tennessee game where they tried, dude, they tried to give a first down to Tennessee. Yeah. It was, it was a full yard short of the <laughs> of the lining game. But here's my question. Did you see a bad call? Can you remember an egregious bad call that went in favor of the Big Ten this bowl season? I don't. I mean, maybe maybe it happened. I'm forgetting one. Yeah. So we'd have to point it out. I never, I don't remember a bad call going in their favor. And maybe it's just law of averages and the 2019-20 bowl season was the Big Ten's to, to be. Maybe. I mean, again, I don't think there's a conspiracy, but I don't blame anybody for bringing it up and having the conversation. I don't either. In the end, in this game, with all of that being said, all the BS we just went through, Ohio State was still driving down the field to potentially win this game. Justin Fields was wheeling and dealing. And then Uh, I thought you were going to zip, but you zapped. And then we had a pick in the end zone. But you zig, but you zagged. So Terry McCauley, by the way, we should – we should go back to him. He's the Sunday night football uh, rules yeah. expert in NFL and Notre Dame as well. So he didn't think it was a targeting. And I, I don't, don't think he, I think he thought it was a catch too. I think he also thought it was a catch. Yeah. yeah. Boy. Yeah. 
So there it is. Um, so a couple things on coaching, yeah. though. Ryan Day, I thought, outcoached yeah. Dabo early. But I thought Dabo kind of outcoached Ryan late. Great adjustments. Coming back. The only thing I would say is I don't agree with that. I don't know. To me, it wasn't as much of an X's and O's things. I don't think Clemson really had an answer other than the fact that their answer was Moxie. They yeah. dug down and they said, what else can we do? Sure. And it was Trevor Lawrence running the ball. Yeah. That, and then Trevor that, Lawrence surprising everybody when White Lightning just kept running down the field against that talented. He is fast, man. Yeah. Dude, he's he is really fast. He is going to make an NFL team very good someday. Okay, one more thing. This did not affect the game one way or other. Like, didn't give an advantage to one team or another. But that playing surface at the Fiesta Bowl is laughable. How do they let that happen? Just put in turf, man. Just put in turf for real. I mean, that was ridiculous. People sliding all over like they're it's on the ice skates. So people don't know that is the field that you know when it was designed and laid out is the greatest thing in the world that is grows outside of the stadium. The, the and turf they, grows outside. They move it outside to grow, and then they move it back in for the games. And there's something with the Some condensation or something. I don't know. But, yeah. like, that surface is that. always slick. Got turned into field turf and just be done with it. Why do you just say we're going to do – let's just have a, an experiment here and do something nobody's ever done with the field. And just – I'm sure it's going to work. What could possibly go wrong? Some engineered just really – Screwed up. Screwed the pooch, right? Yep, yep. Well, anyway, I refuse to accept this as a loss. Wisconsin doesn't have much of an excuse. No, Wisconsin. Tennessee does not have much of an excuse. India, yep. Or, yeah, against Tennessee, sorry. This one. This I, one I don't BS. accept this as a loss. I'm sorry. And I, I really don't. So much. I mean, I'm going to watch the college football championship game. I'm going to I'm gonna cheer for Clemson. But Ohio State LSU would be so much more intriguing. And Man. I don't just think to – Big Ten and obviously Ohio State fans. I think a lot of people would be more intrigued with Ohio State LSU to me. Yeah, and, and you know, you got two teams from the South playing. You, you want really two regions playing in the game. It brings more more interest to the game. But yeah, I, I I'll be watching casually. I won't be that interested. In and it. how weird is it? It's not until January thirteenth. So strange. Just another goofy thing with how things are being done these days. But I'm okay with giving them two weeks. Yeah. Should be able to get a better shot, get more guys healed up yeah, and whatnot. I like that. That's a monster one right there, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. We're, uh, boy, where are we? Almost an hour and a half? <laughs> no. Had, is it, my eyes are bad. No, hour and 40. Wow. We hadn't talked to you folks in a while. Yeah, sorry. We were lonely. <laughs> <laughs> we better wrap it up. I am Jeffrey the Green. And this is Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thanks so much for listening.